Hello, everyone, and welcome to Second Impressions, the show where we'll try anything twice. My name's Danica. And my name's Emma. And you're still sick. I am, and now it's worse. I'm so sorry. It's fine. You sound okay. Yeah, I sound okay right now. And then um, it's like when I start coughing and then I can't stop coughing. Mm. And then my chest hurts from coughing. And then Mm. maybe I vomit a little from coughing. Oh, oh no. I wasn't expecting that last part. Yeah. (laughs) That's that's terrible. I'm so sorry. Yeah, but it's all good. You know, just a a little chest infection. No big deal. Yeah, you're getting over it. Yeah, so um, it's cool. Sexy voice continues. Yeah. If You're it's, welcome, if it continues, You're welcome. If it continues to next week, then it'll be a whole month of sexy voice. Ooh. <laughs> Some ASMR coming your way. Was that sexy? Um, uh, it's more spooky, I think. Oh, cool. Okay. It's fitting. That'll do. Spooky voice coming your way. <laughs> spooky voice coming your way. Hey, uh, something important just happened to us. What? We turned one year old. Happy birthday to us. We did it. I'm really bad at singing now also. Yeah, because your voice is all messed up. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's good. It's very Marilyn Monroe. Uh, thank you. Yeah. You know, these things just work out for the better sometimes. Yeah. Anyways, uh, when you're listening to this, it'll be... I don't know, May. One year and one week? Yeah. So our birthday was on April 29th. That's when we released our first episode, 1984. Ah, those were the days. What's been one of your favorite episodes so far this year? Um, Spice World was very fun. Spice World was fun. Uh, Getting our tarot cards read was very fun. Very fun, also. And I personally really enjoyed spooky. the Fallout Boy episode. Cause you know what? Me. I've heard a lot of good, like, good reviews from that one from other people that have listened. Oh, well, that makes me happy because that I know, was I like, very indulgent do, for me. I think we need to do more like early two thousands emo rock. Well, we want it. We want to do, and we will do all American Rejects because that's your jam. Uh, hell yeah! So yeah. we got to get on that for sure. What were your some of your favorites? Um, I mean, Paul Blart has just become a classic now. <laughs> I liked that so much more than I thought that I would. Yeah. That, yeah, it's uh, it's made a very good impression on me. It was kind of like a sleeper hit, you know? Like, we were like, what <laughs> the fuck so. are we doing? <laughs> and it was great. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, I really enjoyed, like, making our Christmas episodes. Those were really fun, too. That was pretty fun. The Santa Claus was uh a time <laughs> it was something it was something it was something special all the episodes have been very special they have been and i love them and i love you and i love you i was Aww. gonna say it uh faster but i was taking a drink so haha beat you to it damn it um have you had any like big fun or just, like, really, like, great things happen this last year? The past year has been really great. I have really enjoyed making this podcast. There have been days when it's, like, 
I don't know. My favorite thing is when I'm not looking forward to doing the thing, whether it's like to read the book or to watch the movie or to even sit down to record the episode. Sometimes I'm just like not feeling it. And then we do it and I have a great time. So yeah, it's changed my perspective on a lot of things where it's just like, fucking do it, man. Fucking do it. And you'll enjoy it probably. How can you not? Yeah. It's we've done some great topics. We've done some together. not great topics. But yeah. yeah. When it's just it's just hanging out with your friend and doing talking about weird shit. It's pretty good. Um <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I can't think of a specific thing that's happened in the last year that's like stood out. Uh I'd say overall it's been just a good time. Just a real a real good year. It's been a ride. Like, I can't believe it's been a, a year already. In my head, it's, like, already been longer than that because we started, like, planning this in December of, like, 2017. Yeah. Um, and we did some, like, test episodes that will never be released to the public. <laughs> <laughs> Those went out to some close friends for feedback um, and to figure out, like, the flow of the of the show and, like, what we wanted it to be. Mm -hmm. so yeah so in my head it's already been like a year and a half but uh but it hasn't it's been a year and it's been great (laughs) what about you well you know what my big news is but i thought i'd want to share it with the listeners now since i won't be able to keep it a secret forever but if you've been a super sleuth listening the last like four months and you've probably figured it out that I'm going to have a baby. Woo! <laughs> Yay! Baby. Yes. Baby. Shark. Other podcast baby coming your way. <laughs> August 2019. <laughs> a brand new podcast podcast baby. Yeah. An actual baby this time. Yeah. Um, so that's been very exciting. Um, but, it, you know, it's also the reason why I've been sick for a whole month, so. Yeah, because you haven't been allowed to take anything for it. No. At this point, it's kind of reminding me of, like, that scene in Star Wars with Emperor Palpatine when he's just, like, doing his lightning powers. Okay. On, uh, Luke. <laughs> okay. And just, like, killing him slowly. That's the baby for you? Yeah. Well, today it is. Yeah. I feel like <laughs> shit. <laughs> but you I know so what? so didn't know where you were going with that. Pregnancy is a magical time. It really is. It's this a miracle. So exciting. <laughs> it's a miracle. It's sapping me of my life. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm convinced that the pregnancy glow is a lie, but that's okay. That's okay. Because you get a really cool thing at the end of it right uh yeah a human yeah that's that's pretty cool so when are you due um in august august 18th so obviously there might be a lapse in our episodes yeah we are hoping to like pre-record a couple episodes so that we'll have a backlog and then i will maybe do like a best of Sort of like clip show, and that will tide us over so you can take a little maternity leave. I think that'd be great. Yeah. And then we'll probably do some easier episodes 
um just After lots that, of movies like, yeah just like a lot of movies and tv shows so it's like <laughs> yeah because you're not gonna want to do too much well yeah we'll see we'll see but yeah we'll play it by ear it's cool it's cool yeah so y'all uh, can expect that in august and that's why emma hasn't been uh drinking any beer no <laughs> i like i have talked to some um friends that listen yeah but that uh maybe don't know you personally or uh like we live in different cities so they maybe haven't seen you since you've become pregnant yeah um and they had no idea and they uh didn't pick up on it oh really yeah you've been very good at just kind of like glossing over it you're just like oh well i'm really tired tonight so i'm just having tea or like i just got back from yoga so i'm having water and like (laughs) (laughs) it's been it's been great you covered it up perfectly. I'm so good with the excuses. You are. You're very convincing. I mean, you come up with like some good excuses, especially in like the beginning, because you're very tired and you might not be feeling very well and you might not want to share with everyone yet because it's like you're still in like that risk zone mm-hmm. of uh, miscarrying and it's just like, you know, the the lies just come pouring out. <laughs> You're a very good liar. <laughs> yeah. Over <laughs> Christmas, it was so hard and yet so easy um, because nice. we had to like see family and friends and go to parties and I wasn't drinking and my family and friends all know that I really like my beer or my wine or whatever. So that was hard. You know, I was always like, oh, I'm the DD tonight, so not going to risk it or, oh God, I'm just so hungover. Can't <laughs> Look at alcohol right now. <laughs> Just got so wasted last night. That's a good one. I like that one. Yeah, that was my favorite. Amazing. Yeah. And then You're a pro. and then January, you know, it was like, oh, I'm doing dry January. Nice. Yeah. Oh, I like oh, that's a really good excuse. It really is. Like if you can time it right. Yeah. 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 Emma, with all the hot pregnancy tips. <laughs> yeah, you want a good pregnancy excuse? Come to me. She's or your tweet girl. at us. <laughs> tweet at, at us for all the hot pregnancy tips at Impressions Pod. Yeah. Uh, so, I don't want to change the subject, but there is something that I do. we... Oh, okay. Well, there is something that we need to talk about very quickly Big news. before we get Bigger into news today's subject. And it is... We're talking about Sonic Watch 2019. Do, do, do. <laughs> Is that the theme people? song? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be old news by the time uh, the episode's up, but uh, it's new news for us. There's a new Sonic trailer. The first full-length movie official. trailer. Oh... See a boy in action. Speedball. He's going. He's there. James Marsden is there. Jim Carrey is there. It's all happening. It's This is a real movie that has been made and is coming out. Yeah. Like, it's happening. And the music they picked for the trailer was Gangster's Paradise. Uh, I believe, isn't it Gangsta? With an A. <laughs> Shut up. Oh, God, leave me alone. <laughs> Um, yeah, it is a ride. Very underwhelming. 
uh, I mostly just got excited because there's like a scene of the forest and I was like, oh, that's our forest. Yeah, exactly. Like that's our hometown almost. Yep. Uh, I don't know, man. I initial thoughts are uh, bad. <laughs> not great. Doesn't, doesn't doesn't look great. Am not excited. Am not feeling good. Uh, don't want to watch it. But also now I kind of feel like I have to because we've talked about it so much. I think we're committed. Like I think when it comes out, we have to have a special Sonic the Hedgehog episode. <sighs> God. Yeah, we might have to. That's going to be... I don't know. There might be good moments. Honestly, okay. My favorite part of the trailer is the last literal second when you get a shot (laughs) of Jim Carrey as uh, Dr. Robotnik and he's looking like original Dr. Robotnik and his mustache is all crazy and he's bald. Yes. That was my favorite part of the trailer. Yeah, I was kind of hoping that I could at least get excited about Jim Carrey. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think just the script is bad. Yeah, I think it's a bad script. I think they did a bad job. Because, like, he was doing his thing and delivering his lines great, and it just was not funny. Yeah, I think his performance is going to be fine because he's Jim Carrey and he's good and he can do these like wacky characters very easily. Uh, But I think it's just bad material. Yeah. I hope I'm wrong. Confused with how they're tying in the gold rings because there is a shot of one in the trailer. Mm hmm. And I just don't understand where that's coming from or why it's in the movie. They or why like this movie might is being made be, at all. They look like they might be portals, which okay. doesn't make sense. No. Because they are, like, your life in the games. <laughs> and I don't know if that really translates to a movie setting. Uh, I don't know. I think we'll have to wait and see for confirmation on that. You know what? I just came up with a better Sonic the Hedgehog movie Tell scenario. me. Tell me. So, in this world, this alternate universe, the gold rings are just like the currency. And Sonic wants the gold rings, so he's a bank robber. But he's the fastest bank robber alive. Who's going to catch him? Yeah, that is better. Thank you. (laughs) Doesn't take much. (laughs) I don't know. I feel like Sonic has always been portrayed as like... Like a cool guy, but not necessarily a bad guy. Well, that's he doesn't Shadow have to be like a bad guy robbing the bank. He could just. But maybe be like, he should. Maybe he should be a bad guy. He could just be like a badass guy, you know? Because we've like he's doing it to feed his family. Yeah, but we've also, you know, there are movies out there where you cheer for the criminals. Aladdin. Yep. That's, that's another bad them. live action movie that's coming out. <laughs> Oh. Yeah, that's you know what one I'm actually thing. excited about though. What? Well, it's not really live action because it's all CGI. But The Lion King. Oh yeah, that's probably gonna be good. Yeah, they got Beyonce, so like yeah. <laughs> they got the money to throw around. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that one's gonna be okay. 
Yeah. Hey, Emma. Hey, Danica. What are you drinking? Ah, tonight I'm drinking the super ginger tea from David's Tea. Isn't it so good? No. What? Okay, hear me out. Okay. So, I've grown up drinking just like ginger tea because Uh my mom and my grandma, they're just like ginger is a cure-all. So you're sick, you're not feeling well, whether you got a cold, you have like the flu or whatever, ginger tea. Right. So what does that mean? It means you literally go to the store and buy like the ginger root and then put slices of it in hot water and there's your ginger tea. Yeah. Which is, you know, that's what I like. Um, and then I wasn't feeling good, so I was like, well, I want something else. Like, I, I've drank, I've drank so much just ginger root water that I was <laughs> Not like, even calling it ginger tea anymore. <laughs> well, let's be real. <laughs> it's ginger root water. Yeah, so I was like, I'm gonna go get myself a fancy tea and make myself feel better. So I got this super ginger tea from David's Tea. And... Uh, I couldn't really smell it because my nose was plugged. So I was like, mm-hmm. whatever, I'll just try it. I just got like a little bag. And I think I like initially, this is my second time having it. And I think I initially put too much in the little um, area where you put the tea leaves. <laughs> yeah. And I took two sips and then I dumped it out. And I was like, that was a waste of money. It was garbage. Oh, no. There's too much happening. There's too many flavors. Yeah, good flavors. No, I don't know. The ginger, like, I can't even really taste the ginger. Like, the ginger just kind of tastes, like, hot. It It could use more, like, I don't know, fresh ginger. Anyways, so I put it away for a little bit, and then tonight I was, like, not really feeling... Just like water or ginger root water. So I was like, I'm going to try this again. <laughs> but I put less tea leaves in the thing and then I didn't like let it steep as long and it's better. Okay. So second, that was my second impression. Hey! And it's not as bad as you thought. See, not it's worth giving things as a second the first chance. Yeah. And it's just kind of like spicy though, which I'm not like... Yeah, but I like that. Me too. Well, yeah, that's what do. I'm into. Yeah, I just like things that are spicy just for the you sake like of being spicy. You like a nice spicy tea? Yeah. There's like a full-on like pink peppercorns in that one, I think. So it's just like, it's just hot to be hot. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. But I like that because I'm about it. <laughs> You're about that pepper I'm life. A- yeah, that's just what I'm into. So whatever. Hey, that's fine. Hey, Danica. Hey, Emma. What are you drinking? I'm drinking beer. Yeah. I'm not drinking. Um, <laughs> this is a beer that I I bought this for my brother-in-law for his birthday, and because it looked, it had a cool can, and I was like, he'll like that. Um, and then he said that it was really good, so I bought it to try for myself. It is from Boombox Brewing their arcade glow pale ale Ooh, yeah the can is very cool it looks like an old arcade cabinet um and it is i don't know it's just it's just like a nice 
pale ale. It's a little hoppy, but it's not too hoppy. Uh, and it's all right. I'd probably get it again. Is Boombox from Vancouver? They are, yeah. Nice. I think they're, um, it's made by Boombox Brewing, but it's brewed at Parallel 49. Okay. So I don't know if that's one of their, like, offshoots right. or something. I don't know anything about Boombox. I don't know what else they've done, but. Right. If you like pale ales, you might like this. I do like pale ales. You might like it. Yay. It's pretty good. I'll get you some for when you uh, don't have a baby in you. Excellent. That'll be yeah. a time. Wow. Well, then you'll have a whole new set of issues to deal with. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> uh, but you should start a pregnancy on. podcast. What? You should start a pregnancy podcast. Oh, God. No. Yeah, no, you're busy enough. Don't do that. <sighs> yeah, how dare you even suggest that? I know you, and you take on things when you shouldn't, so... Why not? I know, and now I'm like, oh, that would be fun, and I have, like, another pregnant friend. Yeah, there you go. There's your team right there. Excellent. <laughs> okay, moving on, and into the meat of tonight's episode, which we haven't even... We haven't even fucking there. started, <laughs> yeah. so let's start. Okay, we are talking about... Coraline by Neil Gaiman. It is a book. It is a kid's book. It is from 2002. It's a horror-ish novel. Novella. I would call it like a scary, the scary kid's book. Yeah, it's about as scary as it gets for, for like kids' literature. Yeah. Like it's a dark quite. fantasy. Yeah, okay, there we go. That's a good word for it. Yes. That's yeah. what uh that's what Wikipedia says. <laughs> oh cool. <laughs> Thanks, Wikipedia. Coming through. It's a dark fantasy. Um yeah, so it's about this little girl named Coraline, uh, who has just moved into a new apartment with her parents. Um, in this big old house, which used to be one house, but it's all been split up into flats. And her life is kind of boring. Nobody really pays attention to her. Nobody gets her name right. They always call her Caroline, but it's Coraline. And then there's this mysterious door that when she opened it before, it was just bricked up. But then she opened it another time, and it was a portal. And so she goes through it and ends up in this, like, identical world that is just like her life, but better. And she meets her other mother and her other father and they cook really good food and they uh have cool toys and they pay attention to her and play games with her and whatever and and they also have buttons for eyes yeah (laughs) except that they have buttons for eyes and they're like you can stay with us if you let us sew buttons into your eyes and she doesn't really like that uh so she goes home but then her real parents are missing and she realizes that the other mother has stolen them, so she has to go and rescue them. Yeah, that that's pretty much it. That's pretty much it. Oh, and there's a cat, and the cat talks sometimes. In in the other world. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, it's a pretty successful book. It yeah. has won a number of awards. It won a Hugo Award and a Nebula Award and a Bram Stoker Award. 
It's oh, been I didn't know it got the Bram Stoker Award. That's pretty cool. The Bram Stoker Award for Best Work for Young Readers. Nice. Um, it's been made into a movie um, that yep. came out in 2009 by Henry Selleck. That's the same guy that did The Night Before Christmas. And he did James and the Giant Peach, yeah? Yeah, did he? he did. Yeah. Yeah, he totally did James and the Giant Peach. God, there was another movie that he did that I uh, was thinking about, but... What was it? I can't remember. Hold on, let me just uh, Google Google him. Oh, yeah, he... Yeah. (laughs) He did do James and the Giant Peach, and he did... Oh, that weird one, uh, Monkey Bone. Did you ever see that? No, I haven't seen that. It was just like a weird movie with Brendan Fraser. <laughs> <gasps> a Brendan Fraser movie that I haven't seen? Yeah. I know what I'm doing next weekend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> awesome. Okay, cool. I'll totally uh, watch that. I don't remember it being very good. <laughs> oh, well, that's okay. Yeah. Um, It's also been made into a pretty mediocre musical. <laughs> And also, like, weirdly, an opera. An opera? I didn't know about that. Yeah, the opera just uh, was released last year. I think they did a production of it. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. I hope it's better than the musical, because I was watching a clip of it today, and it was not very good. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't know. I feel like if it had a bigger budget, then maybe, but it didn't. And it definitely fell flat because of that. Right. I don't know. It's just hard when it's like, it's kids. And I feel like you would need a very cool kid to play Coraline. And they just had an adult. Yeah. And they just had like all of these animals that were just like people in really crappy costumes. And I'm like, this isn't, this isn't working for me. So anyway, don't see the musical. Okay. Hot tip. My first impression of the musical, not very good. Um, But let's get into our first impressions of the book. Yeah. Um, I got this book gifted to me, I think in 20, or I I guess 2002, um, by my aunt. She always gets the coolest gifts. And um, I'd like never heard of Neil Gaiman before. And... um, I, you know, got this book and I was like, I'd never heard of the book before. And I was just like, okay, like, we'll give it a read. Um, And I remember reading it. I thought it was really good. But then I mm-hmm. just kind of put it down. And it's like one of those books that I think about from time to time, but I never read it again. Like, this was literally my second time reading it. Oh, wow. Yeah. So That's cool. I remember that the story was, like, good, but... There wasn't much that, like, I could remember about the story other than, oh, excuse me, burping. Um, Join the club. <laughs> I will. Thank you. <laughs> um, so I remember um, kind of, like, the gist of the storyline, but I didn't remember certain things that are happening in it, like um, her finding those, like, three kids behind the mirror or ghost kids behind the mirror. Right. And and I feel like that's a pretty big plot point. 
It kind of is. That's like her whole, I don't know, it becomes her whole strategy to escape. Yeah. Yeah, and I couldn't actually remember, like, how she finally, like, got out of that world and back to her own world again. Right. So, uh, that was, that's fine. Um, and then I did see the movie when it came out, but I don't think I saw it in theaters. I think I just watched it, I don't know, rented it or something like that. Yeah. And, um, and then, from then on... My vision, my like internal vision of Coraline, the novel, was mixed with like things that happened in the book that don't happen in the movie. So, right. Or things that happened in the movie that didn't happen in the book. That's what I meant. Yeah, that tends to happen. Yeah. So, um, it was like interesting reading this time around, and I'm like waiting for something to happen, and it just like never does. Like, cool. Because it only happens in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they definitely took some uh, liberties in the film. Yeah. Not that, not that they're, like, bad choices by any means, but they're just different choices. Um, yeah, well, my first impression. Okay, well, we I'll can talk, talk about, about that. Later. <laughs> mm. Yeah, because um, did you get around to watching the film as well this week? I did. Me too. Okay. Yeah. So we can talk about that. Ooh. Um. I think we're going to focus mainly on the book, but we can talk about both. Uh, my first impression, I didn't get around to reading this book until after the movie came out, although it was recommended to me uh, by our friend Ashley um, in like, I don't know, maybe eighth grade or something like that. Yeah. Because she was like, oh, I read this book by Neil Gaiman and it's about this girl and she meets her other mother and she's got button for buttons for her eyes and they want to sew buttons onto her eyes and i was like that sounds creepy i don't really want to read that <laughs> so i just kind of never got around to it um until after i had seen the movie and it was um quite good and then i decided to read the book afterwards and then in university, I read the book again because when I was doing my year abroad, I had um, the opportunity to take this like uh, definitely different kind of English literature class, which was about uh, psychoanalysis and literature. Oh. Yeah. So it was talking about um psychoanalysis but it was like this was something that was like stressed to us over and over it wasn't about applying psychoanalysis to the literature that we were reading it was about like comparing the two things so we would read like caseworks by freud but we were expected to read them as if they were like a novel and analyze oh. them that way, analyze them from, like, a literature perspective, and then also look at uh, some novels and analyze them from, like, a psychoanalysis perspective. So it was very cool. Very weird. Um, I've never taken another class like that. Uh, but one of the, like, psychoanalysts that we talked about was this old guy called Winnicott, and he did a lot of work on... Um, like children's play 
and uh, the sense of like what was real and what was play. And he also published a lot of stuff on uh, transitional items. Um, so teddy bears are a really good example of like a transitional item or like a blanket. Mm-hmm. Something that like a kid really attaches itself to and you kind of like learn oh man it's been so long (laughs) you can kind of like learn like social interaction and like you can kind of grow up through using your item and then when your item is like of no use to your to you anymore then you can dispose of it um but you're learning some sort of like basic i don't know I don't know, man. It's been so long. And he he published these works, like, so long ago. And we don't really think of, like, we don't go to psychoanalysis. It's not a body of work that's used anymore because we have, like, I don't know, better better resources and a better understanding of, like, uh, the psyche and blah, blah, blah. Anyway. But all of this rambling to say that I had to write a 10,000 word dissertation <laughs> in this class and I wrote it on Coraline. Oh my and god. Winnicott. Yeah. So I read this book uh, a lot in a very short span of time. <laughs> um, and it was about it was about like Winnicott and transitional items and uh, do I even remember because that was also a long time ago. I know that I focused a lot on the cat. What else did I write about? The majority of this uh, paper was written in chunks in, like, the middle of the night because that was the only time that I could, like, dedicate to it. Yeah. <laughs> so it's all kind of fallen out of my brain now, but... That's all right. Yeah. I had to I had to look at this book a lot from a very specific point of view. Yeah. And... As soon as I was done with that paper, I didn't look at it again. Yeah. It was one of those times. Totally. (laughs) But anyway, I haven't read it for pleasure in a long, long, long time. So I was really excited to do this. Uh, But I've always liked it. The first time that I read it, I really enjoyed it. The times that I read it in university, I also really enjoyed it. I just had to like, I was looking at it through a microscope and that always kind of like, takes away from the experience yeah but it's interesting yeah. there's a lot that you can like uh delve into if you want to if totally. you want to analyze it from certain perspectives you totally can but yeah and it's nice because like it's such a short book too yes that, yeah yeah i have to say that like this book even though i don't remember like rereading it and like I said this is pretty much my second time reading it I it did um kind of stick in my head that Neil Gaiman was the author and like ignited like a desire in me to read more of his stuff like I find his work to be just so interesting and his fantasy to be just like so different from what we're used to reading in like mm-hmm. that sort of genre. And uh, so I've consumed a lot of his books um, more recently or more so over the last few recent years. But 
It's good. He's good. he's a great writer. I love him. He is a good writer. He's a really like prolific writer. He's done so much. Yeah. Over the last like couple of decades, and he just like he doesn't know when to stop. He just keeps going. And I feel it just like a lot of his books too is just like stuff you can really sink your teeth into, and you could like analyze his work if you if you wanted to. If you wanted to, or you could just read it for fun and have a really great time. Yeah. 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 Uh, Second impressions time? Sure. What did you think this time around? Well, it was a quick read, which I appreciated. Yeah, I got through it in one sitting. I think I took three sittings, but my second one was just like 20 pages because I had like 10 minutes to kill or whatever. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it was um, a lot scarier than i remember like more horrific i guess oh yeah uh yeah like i don't remember it being so i don't want to say like graphic because it's not but it's like the images that he was building with like the other mother and stuff like that they just seemed like a lot scarier to me now there it's very creepy yeah because there there are like there are po- there are points in the book where uh, it's not that Coraline is, like, necessarily in danger. Yeah. But there's just, like, this kind of eerie sense that yeah. something isn't quite right. And there's a lot of just, like, evil lurking underneath the surface. Yeah, and there, it falls into this, like, uncanny valley in a lot yeah. of points where you're just, like, everything seems fine. Yeah. But it's definitely not fine, and you can't, like, totally put your finger on it. Totally. Um, it's great. Yeah. I love it. Sometimes that's the scariest thing of all, though. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I definitely really enjoyed, like, um, Coraline as the main character. I thought she was great, like, very, um, like, independent, strong, and resourceful yeah she seems very real yeah and um just going to kind of talk about the movie for a second because i watched that for the second time also uh Mm -hmm. that Coraline in the movie is not the Coraline that i see like when i read the book no me neither a lot of the characters i think in the movie have been kind of exaggerated to i don't know make a point to make them stand out a little bit more i guess so but like Coraline, i wouldn't even say that she's been exaggerated like i think like some of her personality has just been altered like she seems much more bratty and i don't know just straight up rude than her mom i think is like so much meaner in the movie (laughs) which i don't i don't totally understand it was kind of it was kind of off-putting to watch the mom in the movie this time around yeah because she's just like so mean it doesn't seem that she even like likes her own kid yeah which sucks uh whereas in the book it's like you know that you can tell that like Coraline is loved and liked but she just is a bored kid who isn't getting 
a ton of attention because it's like, it's hard. Her parents work from home, but they're working, so they can't pay attention to her. Yeah. So what do you expect her to do? She's going to, like, mess around the house and be kind of annoying because she's just like, I'm bored. I don't know what to do. Pay attention to me. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And, like, what else would you expect of a kid? I don't know. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Um, What was your initial, like, second impression of the book? It... Or I guess, like, tenth impression. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. We can honestly clump all of those readings from university into one because it was, like, through such a focused lens that it wasn't... It wasn't like a proper reading of it, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. And it's all and it's all blurred anyway. Like I don't remember half of my time in university at this point anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um it was it felt really nice to go back to because I do remember this book and I do really like it. And it just felt good to be with Coraline, like, as a protagonist, because she is very smart, she's very resourceful, and she is brave even when she's not necessarily feeling that way herself. Yeah. Um, I like the book because it makes, it makes a point of saying a couple times that, like, bravery is not about not being afraid yeah it's about being afraid but doing the right thing anyway yeah so it's all about like making the right choices and blah 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 it's very wholesome (laughs) it is (laughs) but it's good with just like a badass little girl yeah um but yeah it is like it's not scary it is very creepy uh there's a lot of like bug imagery Mm-hmm. that I don't particularly care for <laughs> because it's creepy and I don't like it, but that's what it's like. It's trying to evoke those feelings of, like, uneasiness, and it's yeah. doing that very successfully. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would say that I just had, like, a very good time. I, I'm i trying to think of, like, the scariest part for me, and I don't really know. Definitely the creepiest part. The creepiest part is when she is looking for the kid's soul in Miss Spink and Miss Forcible's apartment. Oh, my God. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Yes. So I like what they did in the movie, but I think I like what they did in the book even better. Um, They're all wrapped up in this, like, kind of, like, spider egg sack stuck to the wall. And she has to uh, reach into it, into these, like gross it's all like gross and like webby and you know exactly what that feeling is and it kind of like crunches as you go in and then it also sticks to you and she has to grab um the soul and like pry it out of their hands yeah and that whole scene is just like so gross and you can feel it as it's happening um it's actually like a surprisingly short scene i think that was a shock to me this time around yeah Because it only happens in, like, a couple paragraphs, and she realizes that, like, they can't get her because they're stuck to the wall. Yeah. And the bats, the bat dogs, I love the bat dogs. (laughs) 
<laughs> the bad dogs can't really get her either. So, like, she's fine. She's not in any real danger. But there's still this, like, sense of dread and just, like, ugh. It's just, yeah. like, gross. I definitely liked the bat dogs um, in the book a lot more than in the movie. Like, mm-hmm. in the book, they just uh, seem a lot more, like, menacing and horrifying because they're all kind of, like, a little misshapen because she doesn't recognize them to be dogs right away. Mm. And then she realizes that they're dogs after having, like, been to the show and seeing all the dogs in the audience. Yeah. Because I think they're also supposed to be, like, hairless. Were they? I don't remember yeah. that. Yeah. I guess if they're bats then, then, like, they wouldn't have... Well, bats have hair. Bats have hair. But um, I think these were more, like... I don't know. I think they're supposed to be more, like, you know, cocooned things rather than like straight up bats keegan likes to call bats sky puppies you know that's accurate i think (laughs) and that makes them like way cuter than the bat dogs are in this book but yeah yeah i went to this like bat enclosure um at the zoo in singapore and they just had like fruit bats in there but they're huge and uh you got to walk around and they're all just like munching on their melons or bananas or whatever they got going on and uh yeah they're so cute that's like one of my favorite parts of the aquarium here in vancouver yeah is there's just like you go into this little uh alcove you have to like go around a corner it's in this like really like weird (laughs) dark corner and you feel like you might get murdered if you're in there (laughs) um but then there's this window and you look through it, and there's just all these fruit bats flying around, and they're just, like, they're just having a great time, and they're just munching away and just loving life. I love them. They're really sweet and just pooping everywhere. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> this one time, that's totally off topic, but the from Coraline, but this one time I saw a bat just, like, in the wild. Yeah. And uh, it was when I was living in Iowa. And it was on the sidewalk between my house and my neighbor's house, which my friend lived in. And um, she had seen it earlier in the day. And we were, like, leaving to go shopping. And she called me over. She's like, there's this bat on the ground. Like, we need to do something about it. Because it was pretty yeah, that's tiny. So weird. It would, like, fit in, like, the palm of your hand, basically. And um, she was super, like squeamish about like snakes and bats and stuff like that but like i can deal with that stuff just not spiders and um we knew that like a lot of our neighbors had dogs and you know dogs are gonna get curious and bats might have rabies so we're like yeah we gotta do something Mm -hmm. so i like went outside with just like a bunch of plastic bags because if it was dead which we thought it was i was just gonna (laughs) pick it up and put it in the garbage yeah and so as you do it's like (laughs) got its wings wrapped up it's lying on its back on the ground i like bend over really close to it and then before i'm gonna pick it up i realize i should probably like poke it just to make sure it is dead 
<laughs> so I just like give it a little like nudge with my foot and it fucking opens its wings and screams at us. Whoa! So we shrieked, jumped like 10 feet backwards. Uh, and then we were really stumped. We we're like, what do we do? So we called animal control and they came and got it. But yeah, probably the better call. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my God. That's so weird. I've seen bats in the wild, but like flying around, not chilling on the sidewalk. Yeah, it had obviously time. like injured itself somehow. So Aww. it couldn't like fly away. And then it just Poor like laid there with like its wings open for a really long time and then eventually like shut them again. <laughs> well, I hope it had a good recovery. They probably killed it. Oh, oh. <laughs> This Anyways, was a sad story. It was. Um, <laughs> I am not sure if I had like a scariest part in the book or a creepiest part in the book because it just like was super creepy the whole time. Yeah. Um, but I kind of, I really liked that about the book. Like Coraline never wanted to stay in that other world with her other mother because, like, her mo- her other mother laid out her intentions, like, pretty early on. Yeah. And was like, I want to keep you here. And so buttons on your eyes. And Coraline was just like, nope. Um, yeah, she's like, that's fucked up. I'm out of here. Yeah. And then in the movie, I guess just because, like, they needed to make it longer, more drawn out or something like that. Coraline was, like, really tempted to stay with her other parents for a while she she enjoyed their attention and then when she realized you know what was going on um she also wanted to like nope on out of there too um but in the movie like the other mother doesn't seem off except for the fact that she's got like buttons for eyes and her personality is completely different but there's nothing like super creepy about her. And yeah, um, they they kind of make it so that it's like a turn that she has later yeah, on. Yeah. When Coraline starts to say no to her. Yeah. And so, I don't know. I can like appreciate that, but also I didn't see what like the benefit of doing that was, you know? Like I guess just to make it like even more tempting. It seems like they spent a lot of time in the movie because uh, Coraline goes for multiple visits before they make her the offer of like stay here forever, yeah. have some buttons on your eyes. Um, and I, I guess they just wanted to like really build it up, but I don't know that they needed to. No, because I think they had already kind of established in Coraline's real life that she was kind of neglect well yeah a little neglected mostly ignored um and she just wanted to have fun have fun being a kid yeah and live in a place where people say her name right yeah fun fact i learned mm. uh when neil gaiman started writing this book which was in 1990 by the way uh, yes, so I know that ago. he started writing it for his eldest daughter yeah. when she was quite young. Yeah. Um, and then finished it when his uh, younger daughter was still of an age when, like, she would 
be able to read that. Yeah. Uh, this sort of novel. Yeah. So he started um, it for one daughter, finished it for the other. That's so nice. It's sweet. Um. Anyways, um, he originally had started writing a story about a girl named Caroline, but uh, accidentally like had a typo, and so it was Coraline. Classic. And then he was like, "That's the girl that I want to know what her story is about." It's Coraline, yeah. not Caroline. <laughs> yeah, he's like, "That's someone's name." Yeah, what's her story? Let's figure yeah. that out. I love that. Me too. It's something that you just gotta like do and embrace as a writer it's just like trust your mistakes yeah just kind of go with it and look at him now i know he's written so much so he must be doing something right i guess so and his books get made into movies and tv shows all the time yeah what's the what's the tv show that's like out or coming american out right gods now? american gods or is and that good omens good omens is coming out Right. American Gods just had, like, season two released. Nice. I've been meaning to watch that, and I haven't. So Have you read it. the book? No. <laughs> it's good. It's really good. It's long, though. Yeah, it's, it's that's the read. thing. That's the only thing that's, like, deterred me is just the sheer size of it. But um, I just need to get over myself and yeah. do it. Good Omens was very good, too. Good. And he wrote that one with Terry Pratchett. Yeah. Um, which I thought is cool. And it was like funny. It was a funny book. That's what I've heard. Yeah. And I'm He's really, a pretty funny writer. I'm too. excited for sometimes the show. Yeah, he is funny. That like dry British humor. Yes, God knows I love that. <laughs> um I watched uh so The Simpsons parodies everything. Yeah. So for the Treehouse of Horror, uh, 28, I want to say, they did um, Coralisa. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, but in that one, uh, Lisa finds the passageway to the other world. And in that one, um, she just like, she's just like, yeah do it so the buttons on my eyes <laughs> take me and then eventually like everybody else comes through the door and joins the other world too because they're just like yeah this is a better life let's do it that's hilarious i know kind of sad at the same time but whatever i like it it's the simpsons it doesn't have to be <laughs> doesn't ha it doesn't have to prove a point because it's the simpsons no <laughs> Ugh. so what was your biggest fear when you were a kid um I definitely was really scared of bugs and spiders. Actually, oh, you would have loved this book. Yeah, I actually like used to have this recurring dream when I was like eight, I think, where I would be like walking down an alley and find this wallet on the ground and I'd pick it up and then, as dreams do, it like cut to this giant like multi- story like two-story ballroom or something like that that's how i can describe it with like a pole in the middle for structural okay. purposes oh and i would be like <laughs> not like a fireman's pole to slide down no it was like a big um like column okay wood and i'd be like tied up at the top of the pole like rope wrapped around me um and um at the bottom of the pole the wallet would be open 
and then these bugs would start pouring out of the wallet and start filling up the ballroom. Oh, no. And my family, like my dad and my mom and my brothers would try to come and save me, and nobody could, and then eventually, like, the bugs would just fill up the room, and then I'd wake up. But I had this dream, like, four times. That's horrible. Yeah. That's so messed up, dude. Yeah. But it's cool. Like, I guess. (laughs) I don't have it anymore. Oh, okay. I'm glad. Yeah. It was just literally, like, for a year when I was a kid. That's so weird. Mm -hmm. I've gone through through an evolution with spiders. Yeah. Our relationship has changed a few times over the years. So, um, because uh, the house that I grew up in, there was... um, a room that like was the carport but then there was a wall built and it was all like insulated and then it became uh my sister's bedroom when i was a kid uh and spiders just loved that room and they would be in there all the time and my sister hated spiders so when i was uh very young she would i wasn't afraid of spiders but my sister hated them so she would always call me in to kill them yeah because i thought it was fun it was like a game for me i was like yeah kill the spider um, and then when my sister, uh, like, grew up and moved out, I got that room. Yeah. And then I lived in the spider room. And then I was afraid of spiders for a little while because <laughs> they were around me all the time. Yeah. And then I eventually, like, reached a place of, I was, like, indifferent or just, like, annoyed by them. A spider would show up and I would just be like, oh, you little motherfucker. And I just <laughs> have to kill it. Uh, yeah. And now I just kind of don't really... I don't really care. I don't like them, but I don't care. Ugh, I'm this. I'm the spider killer in my house again. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Keegan hates spiders, so. <laughs> so I am the spider killer. Yeah. What was your fear as a child? Uh, needles were a big one. Right. A hearkening back to our first episode. <laughs> Is it? Yeah, because we talked about what would be in your room whatever oh in our room 101 yeah is it 101 i think it is yeah i think so yeah yeah not rats i love rats yeah rats are pretty cool even though rats are (laughs) rats are shown as being like evil in this but like in the uh in the real world uh mr bobo or mr bobinski depending on if you're reading the book or watching the movie he has mice but in the other world he has rats so I don't know. Rats are great. They get a bad rap. <laughs> they do. They do. Well, any final thoughts? I don't know why they put YB in the movie. I don't think that was necessary. Yeah. Uh, I think that there is a lot of like unnecessary choices made in the movie. Um, like YB and... I don't know. Just the the whole thing with like the other mother being more normal looking was like bothering me. Because in the book, it's I don't know. It's just very clear that she wasn't just another person with button eyes. Like she was something else. Because like her hair would float around, and she had long, like longer limbs, longer fingers, like. It was just like that. Yeah, more, they could have started her off Valley. like 
Yeah, they could have started her creepier from the beginning. Yeah, and then in the movie they made her into like a mechanical spider. And I like that, Ugh. but it's not quite the same. No. I think it still should have been like, she still should have been like fleshy and not like made it. It looked like she was made of needles, which yeah. I guess could kind of make sense, but yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know. It was just a choice. Yeah. It's was fine. it the wrong choice? I don't know. Who am I to say? And then I was kind of, um, there's a really great scene in the book that I had completely forgotten about because my, like the movie had kind of taken over. But that scene when the other mother like gives her the key to go into the empty apartment. Oh, yeah. And she finds the dad all like That is the scariest. Blown up. That okay, that yeah, that might be the scariest. That might be scarier than the than getting the eyeball. Or I kind, soul. Yeah, I kind of it's feel different. like maybe if the book were to come onto screen in a more like verbatim sort of way, it would have been too scary. Probably. They like they made it lighter in a lot of places. Um maybe that's also maybe that's also why um they made it like more tempting for Coraline to stay in the other world in the movie. Yeah. Because they needed more opportunities to like lighten the yeah. story. Yeah. The book is just so dark all the way through. Yeah. It's just kind of like as soon as you're introduced to the other world, it's just like creep. Yeah. Okay, let's get into it's our good. Rubik's Cube. But it's good. Our rubric. But yeah. Our, our Rubik's <laughs> Cube. Why do you keep doing this? <laughs> you know what? I'm just going to roll with it now. All right, it's fine. It's going to be our Rubik's Cube. Okay. Not Go our Rubik's it. Cube. <laughs> let's talk about fun factor. Let's talk about you and me. Let's talk about all the spooky and the scary things we've seen. Bread. <laughs> um, I had a great time reading the book. Me too. It's a spooky book, but it's also pretty fun, I think. And it's so short that you're not scared for that long. Yeah. So I did not have a, a fun time watching the movie. I thought it was really boring. <laughs> <laughs> uh but i'm just gonna leave it out of my rubric and um i'm gonna give it i'm gonna give the book a fun factor of um like nine scotty dogs out of ten. <laughs> that's really good i think i will copy you for the book yeah um the movie is is good but it's just like it's just a different beast and it is kind of like it's very slow moving in the beginning. Yeah. And I was uh bored for a really long time and I just kind of wanted the action to get going really fast. Yeah. It felt long for a kids movie when it's not that long. Yeah. It's like an hour and a half. It's, yeah, it's like a little more than an hour and a half, I think. Yeah. So I don't know. The pacing is kind of off in the movie. Yeah. Uh, but the book is pretty perfect. Um, yeah. Yeah. So nine for the book and like a six for the movie. I'd give the movie like a four. <gasps> Rough. Yeah. But that's uh, 
<laughs> so five on average. Yeah. It's fine. Um, was it worth it? Oh, totally. It was great to read this book for fun because I haven't done that for many, many years. Yeah. And it is a fun book. Yeah. I agree. It's just also spooky. Yeah. I had a lot of fun reading this book and it was like great to revisit it in, I guess, another time in my life when I'm like more into noticing things about books. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. And uh, I I don't know. It like makes me want to revisit like other books that I enjoyed as a kid, which I know like we do on this podcast sometimes, but right now I'm like reading a book that I haven't read before and now I just want to put it aside and like go for something else. So. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, other book. Yeah. Get out of here. What are you reading? Uh, oh, God. I'm actually reading like six books right now. So <laughs> they can all be put aside. Um, I'm reading – I started – so I got into um, like fantasy books recently for my reading challenge, but also because a friend recommended them. So I started reading the Wheel of Time series. Oh, and, yeah. We've talked about this. Yeah. And so now I'm on book two. Nice. Uh yeah, it's a it's a going. <laughs> Some fantasy books can be a slog, but they're like there's worth just it a lot happening the all the yeah. time. Um, Game of Thrones. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm not watching it. <laughs> I didn't watch season seven, so I'm not watching season eight. But I should do that probably. I mean, it has been. All right. Mostly I'm just enjoying the memes that are coming out after every single episode. Well, I should catch up at least to be on top of those hot meme trends. Yeah, because uh, there have been some very good ones lately. Damn it. Damn it. Okay. I'll, I'll do what I can. Okay. Um, Set aside some time this week to catch up. <laughs> um, so what'd you do it again? Hell yeah. This book is great. Um, I love Coraline. As a protagonist, you feel yeah. very, like, I don't know, you feel very confident following her story. Yeah. Because you just you just trust her. You're like, you're going to make the right choice, and you're going to be okay, because you're a a tough little kid. Yep. I agree. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, like, this is a book that I'm, like, excited to, like, hang on to, and, like, you know, once my little baby is of a... Of a of a good age, then I can be like read this. Yeah, it's gonna be a while. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> I've held on to this book for the last seventeen years. I'm sure I can hold on to it for another like ten, ten, twelve. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a very good book at towing the line between like being very spooky, being very spooky, scary, but you never feel like you're in danger. Yeah. At any point, which is great. And that's why it's pretty good for kids, too. Totally. Yeah. So, what about you, dear listener? Have you read Coraline? Have you seen the movie? What are your thoughts? Have you read other Neil Gaiman books? What's your favorite one? I want to know so I can read it next. Me, too. 
Yeah. Uh, you can let us know on Twitter. We're on there at ImpressionsPod and also Facebook and Instagram at Second Impressions Podcast. And if you have suggestions for future episodes, you can email us at secondimpressionspodcast at gmail.com. Thank you to Keegan for our artwork. And thank you to Travis for the music. And thanks to all of you for listening. My name's Danica. My name's Emma. Please remember to rate, review, and subscribe to us. We're on iTunes and all those other things. And you can give us a follow on Spotify. (laughs) And all those other things. Yeah, I don't even remember them anymore. Google Podcasts. Stitcher. Oh yeah, Stitcher. I forget about Stitcher sometimes. <laughs> I don't personally use it, but I know that'll. I know a lot of people that do, so yeah. I should uh, talk about it yeah. more. Uh, we're there. Hey, what's up, Stitcher listeners? How's it going? What? What? <laughs> okay. <laughs> All guess. right. Um. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.